If we write books with a deep sense of responsibility, believing that the book is written for our future selves to read in the next life, then perhaps there would be fewer falsehoods in the world. And if the knowledge created within human civilization was such that its creator could honestly answer why it was conceived, then the culture shaped by this knowledge would not lead humanity astray. This quote might be a bit lengthy, but it came about while I was reflecting. I was searching for the why behind my own actions, which became the starting point for writing my book. We are Buddhists, but if we don't aspire for Nirvana, how should we navigate our lives without going astray? Thanks to the 10th Galama Sutta left by the Buddha, which states, Do not believe even if I myself said it, according to the Dharma transmission of Phra Dharma Kosakarya or Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. How do we build our knowledge if we don't aim for Nirvana? The aforementioned knowledge quote is from my own creation. This message was conceived from the decision to write a book for myself in this and future lives nearly 20 years ago. Given my current perspective that in this lifetime, I have no desire to teach anyone anymore. All I can do is write. I write books and leave them for my future self to read in the next life. But this act also serves as a form of merit for others. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this truth. Now let's talk about something light, the topic of happiness. In this context, Uncle will discuss the happiness that is the desire of people who have not yet left the world like us. I would like to reiterate that this writing is about learning how to use life in the current society to make life meaningful. From the seven chapters we have covered, a meaningful life is one that doesn't end in vain. When life comes to an end, it's gone and there's no profit to be gained. Some lives even incur losses. Another meaning of a meaningful life is a life that has profit. And the profits we are talking about from chapter seven are happiness and prosperity. Now let's contemplate happiness together. Have we ever experienced it? Uncle doesn't know how to define happiness precisely. But Uncle will take us to consider happiness from our own experiences. Hmm, where should we start? Uncle suggests that start by asking questions. What question should we start with? What is the happiest event that you have ever experienced? As far as we can remember, or from observations, thoughts, or anything else. Personally, Uncle, from contemplating various moments of happiness in my life, it often arises when I feel loved, especially when we receive it. Whether it was during childhood, adolescence, adulthood, having children, or having grandchildren. This has been one of the reasons for the happiness in our lives. Whether it's love from parents, love from friends, love from lovers, love from colleagues, love from relatives, siblings, love from grandparents, love from children, grandchildren, etc. And not receiving love in return will make us suffer a lot as well. And the reason we suffer a lot is not because we don't want to love, but because we don't receive love in return. Whether it's giving love or being loved, answer love is the cause of the greatest happiness. As far as we can perceive as human beings, mere mortals like us. So, if a life that has gains, happiness is part of those gains in life. And we have considered and agreed that love is the cause of the greatest happiness. We cannot deny love in our lives. If we contemplate continuing life without love, living as an ordinary person with Kyles might feel dry and meaningless. It may even seem like there's no purpose in living as our usual selves. It would be better to be a monk. Since we cannot deny our involvement in love, what kind of love should we give our lives for? What should be the appearance of love that we understand? And what should love be? 
So what kind of love should we exchange our lives for? At this moment, I won't elaborate on love because it requires substantial time. However, I have written a basic explanation of love in my another book, at least one volume dedicated to the topic. Now what I would like you to do is to consider whether every time we feel happiness, is love truly the cause? Uncle wants us to contemplate love until we see and rusuk that it is true. The appearance of love that should be, what should it be like? I will leave that for another opportunity for me to write and for you to read again. If we contemplate and truly see that the source of happiness is love, then what type of love exactly brings us happiness? What are its characteristics? Let us observe and explore this from our feelings, emotions and awareness. From within ourselves we can understand and discern the kind of love that leads us to true happiness. Love is something that we can rusuk without kid thinking. If we think about it too much we will fabricate it. It is not sing the rusuk that feels love, but just a feeling that we have fabricated, not love that is sing the rusuk that come from the heart. True love is pure and innocent love, is felt by the heart without the need for thinking. If we perceive true love and genuine happiness in our lives, the common people will find the ultimate happiness. For those who cannot abandon the world, mere mortals who cannot escape this worldly existence, if we find true love, see true love and see the true happiness of the world, whether to leave or stay with it is up to each individual. Here, we will not say anything beyond the bounds of worldly life. Uncle has one thing to observe for future generations to consider, which is which of the young people's love is likely to be true love. When we experience love between genders during our youth, we can easily contemplate that every time we feel loved by someone we care for, we desire to reciprocate that love back to the person who first gave us their affection. The more love we give to friends of the opposite sex who love us, the more we want to give love back to the person who first gave us love. Up to this point we must either doubt or understand. Reading a book involves just two aspects. If none of these aspects occur then it means the reading is not successful. I emphasize it again. During the previous section the easiest question to arise is, who is the one who first gave us love? Yes, it's our mother. Asking and answering ourselves it's settled. We first experience love from our mother. When we meet true love again, we come to realize what our mother had given us and we feel the desire to reciprocate her love. She was the one who first gave us love and we wish to give back the love to her. However, there's another group to consider, those who were born without the love of a mother or were abandoned by their mothers. This group has feelings distinct from those who were showered with maternal love, even if they often ponder, where is my mother's love, but still find themselves yearning for or even rejecting the tormenting sensation of never having felt love, it implies that deep down love genuinely exists and their inner selves continue to seek it. Uncle's own personal experience that explains to us more easily such as, when we find true love, we speak kindly to our loved ones. Every time we speak, we feel a desire to speak more kindly and more beautifully to our mothers. The more we love our loved ones, the more we will love our mothers. This feeling applies to both females and males. If the love we encounter is pure love, this sentiment will grow even stronger. If we notice that our young love makes us not want to speak kindly to our mothers, and if our love for our mothers and our understanding of their love decreases, we should suspect that the love we are experiencing is not pure love. I will tell you about the impurities in the love we are experiencing in the future. 
The journey of our lives is about studying and practicing what we have learned. This allows us to shape our destiny and make our lives meaningful. We can reach true happiness by understanding the cause of happiness. The method to make this journey profitable to reach the destination of genuine happiness. Journey to the cause of happiness. Uncle wants us to stop. Take a moment to reflect on the life that has passed, the ordinary path of our lives. Our daily routine often propels us forward so swiftly that it becomes pitiable. We might not even realize what we've left behind along the way. Amidst our abandonment of our lives as we follow the directionless current of Kyle's unforgivable desire. Crazy ambition, laziness and love of comfort that consumes one's life day by day. Team, we have traded our lives for what we want, what we want to be, and what we want to have. We do not know whether what we have gained is a profit or a loss. In addition to our past lives, have we exchanged anything else? Have we exchanged the cause of our happiness? Have we left the cause of happiness behind on the way? If we know where we've left things behind, Uncle wants us to go back and retrieve them before proceeding with the remaining journey of the rest of our lives will continue with a loss. Let us go and retrieve our love to hold dear before the journey of life becomes more meaningless than this. May we all find the source of true happiness as human beings, as people with Kyles like us, everyone. Pure love gives rise to Pyre. I leave this for you to ponder before we part ways. Wishing all of us the best. Uncle May JD, Pyre. For Uncle, this word is the highest value. That makes Uncle want after studying Buddhism. For a long time, for a period of time after studying, I arrived at the Buddhist process. According to the 10th principle of the Kalama Sutra, don't believe just because you've heard it, even though the Lord Buddha said it himself. After studying according to that process, the most valuable thing that I want from studying Buddhism is the word paya. I will tell you the details in another chapter. In an era flooded with vast volumes of information, it's more crucial than ever to possess the ability to discern truth from fiction, as streams of data surge around us like tumultuous waves in an endless sea, a lone individual amidst a deluge of scattered information is attempting to find their way. The ability to navigate these waters becomes paramount. Without the vital skill to separate genuine information from falsehoods, our life's trajectory can be severely affected. As beautifully articulated in the truth quote from the book, read before the meaning of your life is lesser on page 204. In an era overloaded with information and a plethora of news, if we cannot revive such a skill, how are we to distinguish what is true from what is false? Reviving the human skill of creating knowledge is paramount for people to maintain the essence of life. This allows us to independently discover what is true or false. It is imperative not to be dismissive. Don't let your subconscious mind cast aside this crucial knowledge before your very essence rejects the reality of our current predicament. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this situation. Let us not forsake the opportunity to seek solutions to this pressing issue. Read before the meaning of your life is lesser.